Welcome to our very first bonus episode of Slices of Life. As you know, when good friends get together, the conversation can go a little bit longer than anticipated and even trail off topic. Because we try to keep each episode to under 45 minutes, parts of our conversation don't make it into the show. We think it's all great content. That's why we're making it available to you, our subscribers, in these mini episodes. In this extra episode, we'll talk about introversion and extroversion and how it affects our marriage and parenting. Also, Elise shares some tools she uses as a life coach to help her clients with self-awareness. The conversation has already started, so let's jump in. To be themselves and to get that look and understand what that means without it being a big issue. I mean, this thing, extrovert, introvert, was a big issue in my marriage for many, many, many years. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm living it right now actually because we're on vacation and yeah. we've been we're on our second week of vacation and we have had a revolving door of friends and family in and out. And um <clears throat> I, I knew it going in that this was what this vacation was gonna look like. And I I kind of purposed in my mind like this was really important to my husband. He has really deep ties to um, the town that we're in right now. And uh, a lot of his family was here and they all have, he has a lot of memories of hanging out with his cousins and um, spending time with them on the beach um, in this town. And he, he wants to create more memories like that for himself and for our kids. And so I kind of had to back off a little bit and just, even though that's, you know, my idea of really vacating is to not have anyone speak to me for a, <laughs> an extended period of time. Like, don't ask me for anything. You may get me something, but don't ask me to serve you, like nothing. Um, and that has not been the case on this vacation. But knowing that going into it and knowing how important it was to him to have this, this time, these people, you know, this constant buzz of activity, um, yeah. It, it made it so much easier for me to just make that decision and say, you know what, this is a gift I want to give him right now. Mm-hmm. And on the back end, <laughs> he said to me yesterday, he's like, you know, hon, we took two cars here so I could, you know, I have some freedom. And he said, why don't you just go home a day early? Go home a day early, have some quiet time at home, readjust. And I am sorely tempted to do that. Yeah. But again, I don't want to miss time with my, my kids and stuff too. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. But the introvert in me is saying, oh, take the day. Take the day, yeah. you know. I think so, it's uh, better mommy, right, when they all get home because you feel like you've had that true. buffer. Oh, God yeah. forbid I would true. ever miss that moment, though. I mean, again, <laughs> no way. Don't leave me behind. I want all activities. <laughs> I I, it's very enlightening to hear this, honestly. For for yeah. me, I think we, we go to Cape Cod every year, Um my sisters and I and our husbands and children. And then we meet up with another family up there who we adore, who we've grown up with. This is, this is a family of origin thing. Again, the daily family and another family, the Hanlins. And I have to say the men in the family have wondered why we're doing this pretty much every year. There's been pushback. And again, we've been doing this for 30 years, maybe more. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's because they don't get that, that, group mentality. They're kind of like, why would you have a reunion? You all live within a half hour of each other at home. Why do you go up to Cape Cod to have this reunion? And it's just like to have more of this living together. We all stay in one home and then this one family comes over and we have a party and we meet up on the beach. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's kind of an extrovert's paradise. But if, if, if you're, if you're not there are other elements to it, but again, I, I think what you're saying is, is very enlightening to me. It helps me understand 
uh, 30 years too late <laughs> about what <laughs> some of this hard won wisdom, hard yeah. one wisdom friend yeah. that I it's bet. been a rough, you know, we yeah. haven't had a rough marriage, but it's that aspect of it has been yeah. really hard to, to manage. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder okay. if extroverts experience more loneliness because they, it's not their thing being alone. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. where you tend to want to be people, to have people around. I know that there are some things that I don't want to do myself, like you're doing the packing. Like, I don't, I don't really want to tackle it by myself. And when I tell my husband, but we could do this together. And he's like, but it's work. I'm like, no, but it'd be fun. Like date night, you and me, like glass of wine, packing some boxes or because we just went through a renovation or organizing the kitchen together. He's like, yeah, no. I mean, I feel like anything I'm doing with somebody else makes it better. Yeah, I agree. And, and actually I do like when my husband comes and helps me with, with, we've done a lot of packing together with the bigger things. Mm -hmm. Um, because I guess it, it, it's more motivating to me to have him there. Mm -hmm. I'm indecisive about a lot of stuff about keeping things. I don't want to keep things, but I tend to keep things and I know he'll be a helper in saying, get rid of it. But I think basically it's just more fun to do it with somebody. Oh, absolutely. And I'm a collaborator. I love to work in creative yeah. environments where I'm working with other mm -hmm. people and bouncing ideas off them and constantly getting feedback. And when there's the absence of it, I don't love doing what I'm doing as much, even though I still think it's a good idea to do what it is that I have in my head that I want to do with other people. If, if I don't have anybody working with me, it's just not fulfilling. It's not something I want to be doing. I don't really find a ton of satisfaction out of it. Mm, interesting. Wow. That is interesting. I um I have a really good resource for the introverts who are listening. Um, actually, I think it's a great resource for extroverts as well um, because it helps kind of get inside the head of an introvert. And um, it's a book called Quiet by Susan Cain. She did a wonderful TED Talk on it as well. You could look that up. But um, yeah, it just that. explains um, this, what the strengths are of an introvert because our society is really set up for – the extrovert. I mean, it's really the way we celebrate extroversion. We celebrate people who are people, people, you know, and, and kind of collaborative group work, you know, group work is becoming much more of a big thing in the school systems. And, you know, like my son, who's an introvert doesn't enjoy group work. He doesn't mm -hmm. learn best that way. And that's mm -hmm. very hard for him. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, it's, it's a really great book that kind of opens your eyes to like the hidden strengths of an introvert in a, in an extrovert world. So yeah, that's a yeah. good, good yeah, option for people. My book list for a while. Yeah. yeah. If you have any, if you have children who are introverts, it's really helpful. Apparently I do. They all, they all tell me they're introverted. I'm kind of like, I don't really believe you, but okay. <laughs> really? I'm not sure what my kids are. My, my first guest would be extrovert. I mean, literally we, they Thursday night, Friday night, mom, who, what family's coming over? What are we doing? What's in the schedule? Wow. Where are we going? Like they want to know who's coming over who can we call to hang out with? And I know I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> you know, and I think my husband is too, you know, like he's interested in having the people around. Although I have some suspicions that he might uh, be an introvert sometimes because he does like to withdraw and have some headspace. But you know what? I do too. So I'm not sure. I, I would probably lean towards extroverts. So I, I do feel like I'm in that house full of extroverts. That's yeah. nice. It's nice to be surrounded by people who get where you're coming from, you know? That's good. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I again, my people have become much more aware, I think, of introversion and extroversion. And I think partially because of Susan Cain's book, actually, um, because I think extroverts are, are, introverts are starting to embrace who they are more. 
I don't mm-hmm. know. That's that's a trend I'm seeing. Um, and 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 just understanding the difference and and interest. I, I do feel almost um, it's weird, but like almost a hostility towards introverts. Mm-hmm. I I'm not saying I personally do, but I'm saying I see that sometimes. Yeah. And well, the and misconceptions, this, like Kimberly mentioned yeah. earlier, yes. that yeah, you're an that introvert, we, you must not yeah. like people. Well, right. no, that's yeah, not yeah, it it's definitely seen as a negative. I yep. mean, when people yep. find out, because you know, most of us can fake it. We can fake extroversion because yeah. we're why you know we're kind of conditioned to do that in, in American society. Yeah, you know, to yeah. be um, yeah. kind of open and free and people around and all this stuff. Yeah. But that's it's not in our nature, really. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, embracing that is really good. It's funny when I, (laughs) the first time I took, um, a Myers-Briggs test, which is a personality test, Kimberly, you can probably tell us a little bit more about that. Um, but the first time I took it was, I was in my twenties and I was working for a pharmaceutical company and they had everybody take it in our department. And, um, (laughs) I, this is hilarious. It actually came back saying that I was an extrovert. That's one of the first things they test for in the test is introversion, extroversion. And it said extroversion. And everyone in the group, because we went over them as a group, which was, you know, as my introverted, true introvert self, I was like, this is horrifying. Why are we talking about this in a group setting? Um, And they showed mine and it flashed up their extrovert. Everyone turned and looked at me and gave me the, you know, the side eye like, huh? What? No, she can't be. And I had answered so many of those questions as the person I wanted to be rather than my true core self. Mm. I answered the way I wanted to be perceived. And I didn't even realize at the time I was doing it. I was so young and, um, I, you know, I mean, who knows themselves at 20? You know, I was probably 24 at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I just... How did I? I'm, how did I not know that? It, it still makes me kind of sad for myself, but also it makes me laugh at myself too. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, that's it's hard to to truly know who you are at your core uh, when you're young. Yeah. So kind of grown into all of those titles, I guess. Well, I think as a young person, you um, are, are busy looking at other people, thinking that you should be like other people, or culturally, like you said, the introvert, extrovert, how the extrovert is oftentimes praised. So you look at the qualities of extroverts, people that are praised, and you, you're like, yeah, I want to be like that. Like, it diminishes mm-hmm. who you truly are because of the expectations that family or society has placed on those particular traits. For sure, yeah. And so as a young person, unless you've kind of really taking the time where I have people in your life that affirm who you are and that you are wired and created differently, which we all are from each other, mm-hmm. you tend to want to go towards the things that are more esteemed and make more sense and are more profitable. And, and I think that there's a definite tendency to do that. But after, you know, when, as you get older, you start to see, okay, I am who I am and I'm not changing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think you, yeah, you put that really well. That's well said. Yeah. Mm. Take it from someone who spent a long time wishing I was somebody else. Yes, <laughs> likewise. certain qualities likewise. of other people. Yeah. I, I just, I am so interested in women in particular. Mm-hmm. I, I find this often like men, at least the men in, in my circle, the men I know, um, are often very comfortable with who they are and, and not a 
apologetic mm. about that mm. early, even earlier on, you know, even in their younger years. And I am so impressed with and so curious about women who have such a strong sense of their own identity um, and how that has been, how that's developed in them and how they find that so early on. I, I don't, I'm, I don't know a lot of women who sort of in their twenties were very confident in exactly who they are and, and able to articulate who they are mm-hmm. um, and embrace it at the same time. Well, we all have girls, so that might be an interesting episode to talk about what it is that we can do as moms to mm-hmm. help yeah. them understand mm-hmm. who they are and embrace who they are as a woman and not kind of try to fit into a mold that is given to us by uh, society, culture, even religion. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Absolutely. That would, that, yeah, there's much to be said about that for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting because I am definitely, for so long I was worked very hard on um, people pleasing. So I would say I probably have not been the best example of, I think what you're talking about, um, Kimberly, is sort of self-possession, you know, really mm-hmm. knowing who you mm-hmm. are and, and accepting that and possessing that, you know. and. Yes. Um, because I spent so much of my time in my earlier years in, in sort of living codependently. Like I didn't, I didn't even, it wasn't even a conscious thing. It was just, um, you know, it was just my default. How do I make decisions that please other people? And, um, I actually don't think my children do that. Uh, at least I can't think of anybody in particular who does that to a great degree, but you know, it can be very interior. So I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was, I, as you guys were talking about this introversion, extroversion and comparing ourselves, I was thinking, I read something yesterday by Ann Voskamp, who I just love. And, um, her question was, why is it the hardest of all to give up on being someone else's version of perfect and begin the hard work of becoming yourself? Oh, isn't mm. that awesome? Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, we're talking about this, um, self-awareness and becoming who we are. And I just think that question really, really goes to the heart of it. So, yeah, I love it that. Does. The hard work of becoming who you are. I mean, it yeah. is hard work. You think, yeah. it, you think it yeah. wouldn't be, but, um, yeah. Another thing that Gretchen Rubin says is just be Gretchen, like be who you are. And she's yeah. had to tell herself, no, I'm not going to be interested in that because I should be. I'm not going to do that because I should do that or have mm-hmm. that because I should have that. I'm going to do me and do it well. But yeah. I think it does take – it takes some work. It takes some work That's... to discover what that means. We talked about Sabbath in an episode, and I don't feel like – I feel as though when I began to take a Sabbath, I began to get to know myself better and I was really surprised by what I found. Um, definitely confirmed I was an extrovert. It showed me the things that I really enjoy to do. That you know, the pleasure that I get out of things that I had never allowed myself to do because there were already always something else more important to do. Mm. So having that time and setting aside time to do the things I want to do versus have to do was interesting. What I found. And so having that space to discover and then having the discipline to continue making space for enjoying those things, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's work. It really is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It goes I, um, against that flow. 
Yeah. 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 I think that sp- giving yourself space and time and um, kind of educating yourself as well is important. I mean, it's important to listen to your, you know, listen internally to, you know, who you are, but it also, it's really helpful to kind of educate yourself on different personality types or different um, ways of thinking, just as we're talking here about all these, mm-hmm. you know, the abstainer, the sprinter, the introvert, extrovert. Um, if I didn't have those things to draw from, it would be very hard for me to say, this is who I am. Like, it's really helpful to have, it's kind of tags, I guess, to, yeah, it's giving you a labels, vocabulary. you know, it, it's a, it gives you a vocabulary. Yes. Labels are not the right word I'm looking for, but of giving you a vocabulary for what you're feeling and thinking and how that presents itself, mm-hmm. um, is really helpful. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Elise, is there anything that you want to add as our resident life coach? <laughs> anything that you've any tools you've used to help people well I do use a lot identify? of I do use a lot of tools actually that I love um, and probably the number one but they're not available like generally speaking right. maybe at some point we can do something about that and offer it in some way but one of them is the life balance um, inventory which is just really helpful in figuring out um, where am I uh, doing the things that I care about and feeling good and where am I really not, um, living in my, in my gifts, um, in my, in my highest, uh, purposes, things like that. There's, there's two, the life balance, um, inventory and the values inventory. And they really do, uh, they, they work well together. The values is more sort of rudimentary. What are your foundational values? Like um, family, for example. Whereas the life balance is more literal. Uh, what, what am I doing? How am I living right now? And how is that off balance from the way I really want to be living? And the, you know, mm. so it's about intentionality. And I love I like that. Tools. And I find these tools are really great to do on our own, but I really, when I do um, couples life coaching, which I love, um, it's really insightful for the for couples to do it. They they take the inventory separately. I take them, and then I sort of look at where they cross over and areas where they're extremely different, like some of the conversations we've had today, and 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 then we're able to talk about it and exchange those inventories and say, oh, okay, I know you better. So I think all of this information that we're gathering today and that we're sharing today is, again, it's about self-awareness and it's also about other awareness. And it's so important for us to know who we're married to, for example, or who's our best friend and why mm-hmm. sometimes are we um, having a relationship that, that is meaningful and affirming and why sometimes are we having such conflict. Um, so I just, I just love this stuff. Um, I'm going to, I'm personally going to go back over a lot of it and, um, you know, see where I can use it, frankly, in coaching. Another one that I just recently did, I'm working on some ministry development with a group of people and we were, um, given the disc test, disc test, test to take. Sorry can't say that very well. D-I-S-C. And that's a test that's a measurement of leadership um, skills and qualities. And I found that really helpful too. Um, You know, for example, it's called uh, DISC, Strategies for Becoming a Better Leader. And there's eight dimensions of leadership. And when you take the test, you can figure out what's your dimension. So 
my primary leadership dimension, for example, is affirming, which actually goes right along with that um, champion as a, as my uh, Myers Briggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's helpful to know that you know, just as you were saying earlier, Kimberly, about collaborator. Oh my gosh, I'm such a collaborator because. I can feel lonely when I'm doing something on my own. And um, anyway, and there's a book that goes along with that too, which I've not read. But again, it, it so far is very helpful. Um, I just, I think we owe it to ourselves and to the people that we're involved with in life to, um, to know ourselves and be interested in, in others who we love and care about. So I just feel like all good, you know? Mm-hmm stuff can really be helpful and really give you some light bulb moments, especially when you understand, oh, this is where we're so different. And that's why I keep thinking that you're on the same page as I am and getting frustrated. And yet, if I could just understand where you're really coming from, we would have a a much better conversation and a much better understanding. So really good stuff for coaching, I would say every bit of it. Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode. What you've heard here today is available in the show notes. If you're enjoying our podcast, let us know in the form of an iTunes review. Also, we would be absolutely thrilled if you would share our show with a friend. We'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find us all around the web as Circles of Faith.